Welcome to Wealth Compliance Leaders, brought to you by InvestorCom. In today's conversation, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Tom Selman, founder of Scopus Financial Group and former Executive Vice President of FINRA's Regulatory Policy Division. Today, we'll talk to Tom about the emergence of RegVI, what we've learned to date, and what firms should focus on in 2021. Hello, everyone. I'm Param Nasseri, VP of Regulatory Strategy at Investorcom and your host for today's conversation. Tom, super excited to have you on our show and welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tom, if, if someone were to pick up your bio, they'd see that you're a prolific thought leader on many financial industry regulatory topics. If we were to step back, are there a series of events that led to your interest in this topic area? Yes, um, although for anybody who's starting out in a career, I would suggest that a lot of what happens will be serendipitous. So I took a job as a summer associate in a law firm intending to do labor law. But the, at the time, the labor law market was in steep decline. This was in the 80s. And the firm was uh, had a very active financial regulation practice. And I became a little bit involved in that in a, as a summer associate and became increasingly interested in it. And just through the, the kind of serendipitous event, the decline of labor law uh, practice, I became more and more interested in financial services regulation. That's the course I went on. So I, I've always been interested in it. And as you know, I, I obtained a CFA charter rather late in my career because I'm just interested in uh, principles of financial investing and also financial services law. That's super exciting. I can, I can only imagine sort of the, the transition between labor law and, and uh, all these regulatory genres that you've become a true expert in. Uh, Tom, speaking of regulations, RegBI or regulation best interests, as uh, some have coined it, is considered to be one of the most significant enhancements of conduct standards since the SEC Act of 1934. Now, what are your thoughts on RegBI and how it will sort of shape or position the industry on a go-forward basis? I think regulation best interest is an important regulation that finally establishes a best interest standard for broker-dealers who are frankly already subject to the standard, for example, in arbitrations, um, and uh, already had a high standard even in the rules and suitability standard. But the best interest standard brings together all of their duties and responsibilities in a single regulation and outlines some important new principles on how to apply those duties. I think it's, it's very important uh, and it's a laudable regulation. Um, people have said, well, that should be a fiduciary standard, uh, but I'm not sure exactly what the tremendous difference would be if it were technically a fiduciary standard other than difficulties of applying it to a commission-based business. I think the fiduciary standard is not easily applied to a commission business, but in terms of investor protection, I'm not sure what it would add. As a matter of fact, in certain key respects, regulation best interest is more onerous than the investment advisor's fiduciary standard. Understood, understood. Now, the SEC recently issued a notice on their 2021 Reg BI examination priorities 
Are there any indications on how the SEC will be approaching these examinations and what broker dealers and firms operating in this business can do to prepare, Tom? Well, both uh, the SEC and FINRA have indicated that the next wave, you know, the first wave of examinations after the June 30th implementation of Reg BI was a set of examinations to look for what they call, both, both agencies called good faith compliance with the regulation. Both agencies have indicated that this year they're going to broaden their scope a bit uh, and look for uh, features that go beyond merely good faith compliance, but non-compliance uh, in ways that may indicate good faith but still exist as non-compliance. Mm -hmm. um, the SEC's uh, priorities report implies that they're still probably not going to refer over to enforcement non-compliance unless it constitutes some type of customer harm. Um, that's just an implication. They may end up doing much, many more referrals, but even the SEC staff has indicated that they're not looking for gotcha type examinations. They still wanna look for real non-compliance by firms. Right. And after sort of that good faith period, the SEC on December 21 issued a notice uh, where it stated that it will be looking into whether firms have been uh, looking at costs or broker dealers have looked at costs and reasonably available alternatives at the, at the time of their recommendation. Can you elaborate a little bit around the why behind this particular focus area of the regulations? Well, you know, the, the commission, well, and FINRA too, have both been interested in costs for some time. I mean, I think back since the 1990s, early 2000s, they looked at costs, for example, in terms of, well, they've always looked at costs, for example, in terms of uh, churning activity and broker-dealers at the accounts. It's not just a question of um, suitability, but also the costs associated with the suitability analysis. When you incur those commissions, they've always been interested in multi-class mutual funds, variable annuities, and the cost issues that are raised with that. So making cost a cost issue as part of the a duty of care is really, to me, a, a continuation or almost a formalization of how FINRA and the SEC have felt all along. Um, having said that, the, the mere fact that you a, a rep recommends a more expensive investment alone is not going to constitute a, a violation of Reg BI. There has to be a bit more to it, but mm -hmm. cost will certainly be a focus of these examinations. Understood. And, and sort of this notion of assessing reasonably available alternatives within that care obligation, any insights on, on that particular piece of the requirement? That, that's a particularly interesting element of the expectations by the SEC. Um, again, there was certainly always uh, an element of that consideration, for example, again, with multi-class shares to compare the classes um, available to the customer to see which one would be most consistent with the customer's investment strategy. So it's always been somewhat of a consideration. The interesting question for me is how much they're going to look at um, reasonable alternatives in terms of accounts. So for example, the rollover of uh, pension money into an IRA, the choice of a brokerage or an advisory account, the choice of type of account, brokerage account that's provided. I'm not sure exactly where the commission might end up with those considerations. And I think that that might be interesting, um, as well as just a question of 
how the commission is going to treat reasonable alternatives for products, not accounts. Correct. So would, uh, given the fact that folks are getting prepared for this, would, would documentation of sort of how they've made decisions around account types or rollover recommendations or product types be of any asset? Yeah, I think there, there has to be a lot of documentation throughout regulation best interest. There has to be a lot of documentation because you have to be able to demonstrate to the examiner that the elements of Reg BI were elements that you implemented. Um, I think with the reasonable available alternatives, certainly training is going to be incredibly important. Limiting, uh, you know, reps who are not, for example, with alternative investments, if they're really not qualified to to recommend those, they probably shouldn't be recommending them, but those who are qualified to recommend them, which are probably the vast majority of, of people who have um, you know, a license, um, there may need to be some type of special documentation of the types of consideration that these reps are expected to make. And with some highly complex investments, I don't think all alts, but some highly complex investments, there may need to be some type of justification by the rep himself or herself when they're making the recommendation. I don't mean to pick on alternative investments. Those are just one example of the type of investment I think the commission and FINRA are gonna be looking at. I think any investment that is complex or not widely sold to customers yet may be the type that they consider. Thanks, Tom. So the, the, the final question I'd have for you is, uh, as you're speaking with firms as a, as a thought leader and a consultant, um, and as they work towards aligning with the principles of Reg BI, what would you recommend to them uh, in terms of how they set up their practice for success on a go forward basis? Well, I think they need to consider uh, what an examiner is going to want, and I think they ought to consider what type of technology they can use to make this process easier. Um, I mean, the technologies, for example, offered by InvestorCom would make compliance with Reg BI much easier for many broker dealers. And they need to consider technology like that to, to be able to manage this. It's a very complicated regulation. Thank you, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and hope to speak with you very soon. Thank you, Barb. If you enjoyed today's session, please like this video and subscribe to InvestorCom's YouTube channel for more Wealth Compliance Leaders episodes.